Hey everybody, welcome to The Afterword. I'm Dave Tish. We are in a brand new sermon series this week, folks. Labor Day's here. Summer. Well, it was a super, super, super hot weekend. It was like 155 degrees, except in San Francisco where it was 35. Anyway, uh, but it's the kind of the, the start of the school year, start of fall, the fall season. It's time when people kind of reflect on their lives, reflect on their schedules. Things start, they start to think, how am I going to live this fall season? So we're going to be examining what that looks like and inviting people to be introspective. So we're starting a brand new series called The Life We Want, in which we examine the life that Jesus calls us to. And sometimes the life that we're going after, it isn't always the life that we truly want, which is weird to say because you think, well, I know myself pretty well. Well, well, sometimes we're a little fooled and a little deceived. Have you ever done that? You go after something you think you want and you get it and you wind up thinking, this isn't what I want. This is not This is not what I thought it would be. Anyway, we're going to delve into that for the next couple of weeks. Jay Kim is here in the studio. We're going to talk about that. And so with that, let's just dive right in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Afterword. Jay. Jay. What's up, man? It's a brand new series. Here we are. It's a brand new series. The life we want. The life we want. We want it. This is the life we want. I want it. I want this kind of life. I want it. You want it. We everybody want it. wants it. We want it. What is it that people want? Well, so, so that's the interesting thing about this oh, series. Oh, yes. Is we take five weeks to go through. What is the life that we actually want? Now, here's the yeah. weird thing about it, because it kind of implies that perhaps there's a way that we live in which we're trying to get a life which we actually don't want, but we think we want. Yes, that's the crux of it. We think yes. our desires deceive us, I think, sometimes. Oh. Yeah. So C.S. Lewis talks about we are children playing about in a sandbox, making mud pies do, that do not yeah. understand what it means when our parents say it's time for a holiday or a vacation at the beach. Yeah. Let's uh, see. Is that yeah. kind of what's going on? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I love that Lewis quote. Um, and I think that's true. I think most of us know that that's true if we really sit down and create some margin in our lives to just think about it and think deeply about, yeah, about what's really meaningful in life. Right. On a very, on a very sort of sim- simplistic, basic level, we experience this sort of thing pr- pretty, pretty often, you know, like how you're doing something, maybe you're at work. And you find yourself asking the question. Like, why? Yeah. What's going on? What, what's going yeah, on here? Or like, why am I, not to say working is unimportant, but, sure. but more like, why am I stressing so much about this one thing? Right. And you start thinking about the fact that you've got good friends who love you, you know? Or right. Or you're like really, really, really worried that you had that typo in that slide deck for the work presentation. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I made that. And then... You go home and your seven-year-old runs up and gives you a hug and says, I love you, mommy. And then you're like, oh, I mean, what's the, you know? Yeah. It happens all the time. Right. We, we get deceived by. Yeah, these is that just, be, first of all, we live in the Bay Area where work often and success at work is often put on such a strong pedestal. Idolized, yeah. In a way that it's not in other parts of the country. Yeah. So in some ways there's a little bit of an imbalance in the Bay Area we have to be more careful of perhaps. Yeah, it's a it's an achievement oriented, right. you know, progress, obs- sort of obsessed with progress, yes. growth, yes, up and to the right, 
culture for sure. Mm-hmm. But you're saying also sometimes we get so busy because sometimes that's the other thing about the Bay Area is it's kind of expensive <laughs> and a lot of people have to work a lot of hours to yes. make ends meet for yes. everything that needs to happen. Yeah. Which um, is not really the case. Uh, there's not right. a whole lot of, there's a lot of people that, that both that both parents work or yeah, you have lot. to hustle, that yes. kind of stuff. So that makes us work a lot, which doesn't actually have a whole lot of margin because we're hustling so hard yeah. for the deep, thoughtful, where am I going? Right. What's the point of my life? Right. And you're saying that this is a chance for us to really think about that as yeah. a church. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, one of the things, one of the things we're not saying is, you know, necessarily at least work less, quit your job, you know, go find yourself on a journey through, <laughs> you know, whatever, South America. Like, that's not what we're saying. I actually think there is a way to allow um, deep meaning to inhabit and anchor your life in the midst of all the work all that that's happening. Hundred percent, and that's the trick. I mean, I think sure. a lot of a lot of the time we're you know we're sort of like extremists. We're like we work, 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 chase, 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 accumulate, achieve, all this stuff. We get exhausted, and we're like we find ourselves totally unfulfilled, you know? And we're like, oh my yeah. gosh, what am I doing? And then instead of asking, how can I, how can I like be different? We just, we just default to like, what can I do different? And so oh. we quit the job, we sell the house, we move to Boise, Idaho, buy seven acres and live off the whatever the stock options we had and we just fish all day or what and no shade to anyone who's left and moved to if you have moved boise. to boise and you fish all day <laughs> that was not about you yeah if you if that's you know, darlene desire. darlene culberson we love you we miss <laughs> that what you she does? She yeah she's in boise. no but she's in boise sure but she has a fish all we day. love darlene by we do. the way we do love Dar- darlene if you're listening steve go fishing it's fine years. but yeah. she retired we love, we she love retired darlene. exactly Near her exactly grandkids, yes I think. no yes so that's what so she i'm did talking that. about right. and uh, honestly i'm not even i'm not critiquing anybody who really does move it's fine you know if you feel like that's what god's called you to do god bless you we're happy what i mean is we think that the way to solve the problem is to just change everything. But I think God is not really interested. Well, at least God's mode of opera, uh, operation is not to change our external circumstances and situations so that we find meaning. His, his approach is to transform us as humans so that we find deep meaning. So a good example would be parenting. Parenting yep. is exhausting. It yes. demands a ton. It's really hard. It goes on for years and years and years, right? Yes. So some people would say, well, in order for me to find myself, I need to shuttle this parent thing. Yeah. And that would be a, but what Jesus is saying is no, 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 no. Change you in the midst yes, of parenting. in the midst of your In the parenting. midst of this, this, this thing. If you're not finding joy, if you're not finding fulfillment, right. let me help. I can shift and change you. To yeah. be a different sort of person who can not only see this with the right eyes, do it with the right heart, but feel it with the right kind of healed soul. When when young families in our church, when they sign up to dedicate their child, you yes. know, we just had child dedications yeah. recently. When they sign up to dedicate their child, our kids ministry gives them a little packet, like a gift. And in that packet is a small, thin book that we give to every 
parent that dedicates their child at Westgate. It's a small, thin book called Domestic Monastery. And Domestic Monastery, I think it's by Ronald, yeah, it's by Ronald Rollheiser. It's a beautiful book. And basically, it's about parenting. And he uses the, the sort of practices of a classic traditional monastery where the monks live on particular rhythms. The bell rings five times a day. They stop to pray. They go and have, right, all these right. sorts of things. And he, he maps that onto parenting. So, for example, he'll say, when, when your kid has the post-lunch pre-nap meltdown at 1.30 every day, you know, what we would think in our culture is we'll change that. How do I fix my kid? How do I, how do I change my external circumstances? In other words, how do I get my kid to stop having a meltdown? And that, that's a good endeavor. We should try to do that. But you can't prevent all meltdowns. You can't always prevent no. it. What he says is transformation doesn't look like that. Transformation is you begin to think about the, the screaming and the crying of your child. You certainly will address it as a parent. But you begin primarily to think about the screaming and the crying of the child as a bell in a monastery ringing, reminding mm. you to pray for your children, reminding mm. you of God's great gift in your life that you have a child. You know, those sorts of things. Yeah. And that's transformation. The, the kid's still having a meltdown, but you're, you are changing. And then everything about the situation changes. You engage it differently. And I think that's, I think that's what leads us to the life we want. And that, the same thing can happen about. for work. The same thing can happen for all of our relationships. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into this because one of the things that's kind of true in the life that we want is there's some narratives, some stories. Yes. Or some, like you said, we go after the wrong things. Um, and they don't lead a life. Yeah. So you have, and, and you didn't show it because, uh, you, you put together what I call a butterfly. It right. was like a multiple Venn diagram. <laughs> it was, it was overlapped. You basically said, here's kind of four the way of the Silicon Valley, you yeah. called it. Yeah. Um, and you said that this is the way that our culture in the Silicon Valley is unintendedly forming yes. all sorts of humans. Yep. And there's kind of four things to it. We're going to go through this real quick. Cause we kind of go through it a little bit. We yeah. went through it in the sermon. But the first one was that community is there, but it's comfortable community. Yeah. Which means that I think that that means the people I want to be around. Yeah. When I want to be around them. Is that is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. It's essentially community. It's essentially individualism cloaked in the veneer of community. It's like right. I surround. It's really actually about me. I'm surrounding myself with the people that make me feel comfortable, that hold the same opinions as me, that I just sort of naturally enjoy being around. First of all, none of those things are bad, by the way. I'm right. not saying that in and of itself is like unbiblical. It's the word only. Yes, right? and it's it's the fact that um, if that's the only sort of community you have, it will form you in a particular way. Um, it, it'll just form you into the image of self you know, rather than Christ-likeness. So. And you say the antidote to comfortable community is something different. It's committed community. Committed community, which is what you're calling people to do is commit to, I guess, a local church in this case, like yep. Westgate, if you attend. Yeah, and specifically even deeper than that, a, life a, a group, smaller a life expression group. of that local church yeah. where you can really do life together. Right. You know, and... Um, and yeah. that And that's... So instead of being comfortable, it's committed... Why? Why does commitment? How does that change us as people? Um, what does that? What does that do? Yeah, I mean, growth only happens. Any sort of growth only happens through struggle. You know what I mean? Like, 
if my son is learning how to ride a bike, but he had to fall off that bike many times to finally learn how to ride the bike without yeah. the training wheels. Uh, you know, I want to get healthier. Well, I got to run on a treadmill. You're saying commitment I, in all things. Yeah, is that's how you grow. That's how you grow. That's how you grow. It's not intermittent. It's not once every month. Comfort is not bad, but comfort does not grow you. Yes. Right. And if that's what we're after, transformation and growth, there has to be a commitment there. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, it, Nicole, after the pandemic, it was it was it was a nightmare. We're, Nicole's like, I'm super lonely. I hate all this. What's we have to get connected. We got a small group. We met every other week. Yeah. And what we found is it wasn't enough. Mm. Every other week sounds like a good rhythm for yeah. our lives, but you miss a week, what happens? You don't see everybody for a month. Yeah. That's not friendship. That's just not. Yeah. So we had to up it. So we meet every other we meet every other week, but then the guys and the girls get together, the yeah. husbands every other other week. Does yeah. that make sense? Yep. And that rhythm, we're trying that because we need more time together. Yeah. We need to and that's about, I think, commitment. And yeah. everyone's busy. Yeah. And it doesn't fit necessarily easily yes but it's like if it's important which we think it is then you commit yeah and our, yeah our i will report back to you i'm convinced that will actually produce fruit and i'm excited about it yeah i think our tendency is to think that you know i mean you think about all the fad growth type you know like the I think about book titles yeah. and infomercials. Fifteen ways to a new, seven steps yeah. to a. Yeah, it's like it's 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 designed to make you think that growth and change and can transformation happen easily without easy. struggle. It's yeah. simple, you know, yeah. but they never work. Yeah, they never work. You know, it only comes through commitment. Yeah. Uh, some people might have the question, yeah, but I don't know if I want to commit to these people. Like, what if I don't like them? that much what if they're not really good friends yeah i mean there's like i can see committing to people i really like right right so is there is there some wisdom in there that as you navigate that yeah i mean obviously you don't commit to everybody equally yeah i mean it's balanced right uh there's a whole thing you know david kim on our staff who kind of oversees all of our discipleship and formation there's a whole thing these sort of five um characteristics of community and uh chemistry is one of them so what we're not saying is like hey we're not like being, you know, like the military here. Like, I don't freaking Who care cares what who's you in think. your platoon? You yeah, die for them. That's not what I'm saying. Right, One right. of the things we say is actually with life groups, hey, like, there's no offense if you go check out a life group and for a variety of reasons, it just like doesn't really work for you. Just let them know. No one's going to be offended. Go check out some other life groups. Right. We do want you to find. Because chemistry does matter. It does matter. Sure. But I think what we're saying is sometimes we overextend that pursuit and we're looking for like the perfect match when it comes to a group of people. And that might not be there. It's like not only might not, it just will not. I mean, the, the reality is, even if it feels like it is, yeah. like the, your first few gatherings, you're like, this is perfect. These people are perfect. They're perfect for me. Yeah. Man, do life together for a little while, yeah. and you will quickly discover, oh, we're sort of incompatible in, in some ways. But at least there's enough chemistry. We're developing enough relationship, rapport, love to stick with it. And It's not that, if, if you think about it, it's not that different than marriage. You find somebody you really like. Yeah, it's the but, prime example. But then what happens in marriage, you're not always going to feel yeah, great. Exactly. But the commitment pulls exactly. you through. Yeah. All right. The second thing that was um, kind of all the, the way of Silicon Valley is that the way to the life that you want is through achieving and accumulating. Yes. Uh, I'm assuming you mean almost primarily here wealth or comfort of material Could goods. Could be wealth. Material I, goods. Well, yeah. I think, yeah, I don't mean specifically wealth. I think what I mean is... It's not even how much. That's not what I'm saying. What, what I'm not saying is, 
if you're wealthy or rich, then you're a sinner. Not at all, you know. I mean, Jesus wines and dines with the wealthy in his day and uh, who were actually considered sinners in that day and age, you know. So it's not the amount. What I mean is um, the, the belief that if I can have more, I will be, be happy. And yeah, be I'll, happy. I'll be, yeah, life will be more meaningful. That is a lie. Yeah. You know, that that's a lie. Well, I, I'm going to share a story that happened to me. So Easter yeah. here at South Hills, huge service. We have two services, lots of people. This couple comes and they say, listen, this is phenomenal. I love the worship. I love everything that happened. There's a real buzz of community here. Mm-hmm. This is incredible. Man, we're so excited about what's going on in this church. I'm like, well, what are your names? Like, I meet their names and all this stuff. And they said, well, um, we're so excited. I'm saying, well, you know, we'll, we'll see you. Come back next week. You yeah. know, we'd love to see you. And they're like, well, actually, see, we have an other house up in Tahoe with this other house. And we, we kind of go. And so yeah. we go back and forth quite a bit. So we'll probably be back around the beginning of summer, maybe. And then probably for fall for a few weeks before the ski season starts, obviously, right. but we're so excited about what's going on here. Yeah. And I realized that I'm like, I haven't seen him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a sense in which, um, the opposite value of this, which you say is to give and to receive Yeah, that, and, and it's, and honestly, it's kind of commit too. it's a little bit of commit mm-hmm. and a little bit of receive and give that that's actually the antidote to just this idea of, cause mm-hmm. I haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. Which means I'm assuming that things are probably pretty much the same in their yeah. spiritual life as they have been. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that. I yeah. could be wrong, but that's my assumption. You're saying that giving and receiving, yeah. it's not just about giving, getting, receiving. It's about giving as well. Yeah. So talk about what, what, what that means. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, I think almost anything in life. If it stays static, it grows stale Mm. and spoils almost anything. And it's certainly true of meaning. It's certainly true of love. And this whole drive to achieve more, accumulate more, based on the lie that if I have more, accomplish more, then life will be more meaningful. One of the significant problems with that is um, the stuff you achieve the stuff you accumulate, it doesn't go anywhere. So it grows stale and it spoils. And it's like a body of water that has no, um, it's, it's like the dead sea, literally the yeah, dead you sea. can't drink water yeah. that doesn't flow. Right. Right. It it's gets, just, it turns rotten. You can't r- yeah, drink it, yeah, you know, right, diseases. Yeah. So yeah, I think life, that's a great metaphor. I think a meaningful life is a life that flows much more like, a clear, clean river, you know, and you can hear the stream, right? <laughs> yeah. And the water is clear and you can put your mouth to it and drink it and it refreshes you. And it's like the cleanest, purest water you've ever drank, right. you know? And, and I think it's because it's in motion. And so the way of Jesus is not to achieve and accumulate and just have more, more, more. It's not to build up your, your storehouses essentially, you know, um, it's to receive the love of God and to receive the various gifts of God and, th- and then to give that gift away. That's the most meaningful life you can possibly live. Right. You know, the, the people who achieve and accumulate the most on our planet, even if they're not followers of Jesus, because it's in their DNA as image bearers of God, they naturally get there. Like literally everyone who just earns more money, uh, uh, accumulates more wealth than they know what to do with, what do they do? In, in the latter half of life, 
They just figure out ways to give it away, you know? Yeah. And, and the cynic in us wants to say, well, that's because... Tax breaks. Yeah, and <laughs> if you have, you know, $50 billion, it's who cares if you give $40 yeah. billion away, you know? Yeah. You got $10 billion. It's more than enough. They don't have to worry about... Yeah, sure, I get that. That's fair enough. Um, but I've known people in my life who have far less than you could possibly imagine and yet live with such incredible generosity... And they're some of the happiest people I know. Right. You know? In the words of the prophets, red, hot, and chili peppers, give it away, <laughs> give it away, give it away now. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that that's what they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, you talk about kind of free time, uh, preferred habits, yeah. le- leisure. Yep. Um, like kind of what we do with our time. Yeah. The idea is that if we control our time and have fun things that we get to do with our leisure, yeah. that that's actually going to lead to happiness. And instead... Um, you think that that's actually the, one of the ways of the Silicon Valley. That's the narrative, but there's a, a better way to live. Yeah. I mean, again, preferred habits, leisure, they're not bad. Sure. I just mean, and, and they're kind of necessary sometimes, you know. Um, it's just not the path to a meaningful life. You will never Netflix binge your way to more meaning. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not like evil to binge a show on Netflix, but th- that's that's no way to create meaning. So what's the counteracting virtue here? Yeah. Intentionality of practice. You know? You're talking about Christian practices. Yes. Spiritual Ways Christian spiritual practices. Yeah. Whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. Which are not necessarily comfortable and relaxing all the time. Yes. Often they're hard. Sometimes they're really boring, you know, yeah. but um implementing and executing consistent spiritual practices in our lives is one of the ways that we, um, yeah, to to create, uh, you know, the pathway to discover meaning. Um, it's, and, and I think it's because it's a way of reorienting our entire lives in a, in a particular direction. Ah, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a way of kind of, um, honing our spirits and the direction of our life toward, the central goal, which is Christ-likeness. And that yeah. leads me, I guess, to my, my final question. It seems like what you're saying with all of these and, and that that the life we want, uh, I don't know how to express this, but um, one of the things that I think there's an emptiness when you chase some of these things, and from the sages I've read and from the pastors I've read, they say actually what humans are looking for, what you're looking for, is they would say, maybe you'd say it differently, but they'd say maturity in Christ closeness to Jesus that you what you really want most in your life is to mature into the kind of person that Jesus has made you to be an image bearer yeah who looks like Jesus which means not just comfortable community but committed yeah Jesus commits not just achieving um, and accumulating but giving and receiving and not just preferred habits of leisure but really being intentional with the private time yeah so that you're connected to the Father, and receiving what you need. And that out of that, that comes, that's what we actually most want. Yeah. More than the best vacation and the best Netflix show, more right. than the most amount of money in that third house yeah, uh, and or fourth house or sixth right. house, and more than having people around us all the time that we always enjoy and only having those people, that somehow... That, that there's more to that. Would you use the word maturity or intimacy with God? What word would yeah, you Yeah, I think all you, of those words. We use are the great. word discipleship, yeah. but I, is there another 
Uh, for people who don't maybe have a handle for the word discipleship, is there a way that you think about it? Yeah, I mean, the language we use a lot here is, you know, learning and living the way of Jesus. Uh, I like that phrase because it's constant motion. Got it. You know, I think that's how we describe the life of discipleship. But yeah, I mean, that that leads to, that's the mature life, is a life that is constantly on the move, learning and living the way of Jesus in all of life, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, maturity, wisdom, I think is found Ooh, that way. Yeah. You know? Which we just did a sermon series on. Yeah. The wise yeah, life. The wise life. Yeah. You know, so walking in wisdom. Yeah. Now there's a cynic, there's a cynic in out there who would say, uh, you're saying these things cause they map nicely on what it means to build your volunteer base so you can run more programs. Sure. Cause it's a church and this, yeah. and now what we're not saying is those that we don't need people to serve. Yeah. That is absolutely true. But the, it's the heart behind it. And, I think one of the things that's that's nice about this is you and I both grew up and were invited to serve very early on in our Christian walk yeah. by the church. And then we experienced right. what it means to serve both of us in youth groups yeah. and what that means. And so we, this is not some, we have, we are not peddling drugs that we do not use. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. We are we are addicts to yeah. this because we have found the joy of. What there, it yeah, means. I don't I don't think that there's a single person doing vocational church ministry that didn't start out and typically spend years doing it for free because because there was so much joy, joy. and yeah. Yeah, connection there. Yeah, yeah. I, when I first came to Christ, that was the first thing. Not only was I had a job. But I volunteered in the youth ministry, right. and it, it's just a joy. Yeah, it's just, a, and and that's everybody. It's yeah. everybody because, and we got tons of people like that right here at our church. 100%. You talk to them now. What I'm not denying is that sometimes there are, there's you know stories of man, someone gets hurt, you know, emotionally because sure. of relationship fractures as they serve at a church, or or some of us have. Um, you know, church hurt in yeah. our background. I, I meet a lot of people at Westgate yeah. who, who come from situations, you know, yeah. in churches where they got really hurt and damaged because, you know, they felt like they were kind of used or whatever. And I, I want to be, you know, honest and sober here. Like, I'm certain that there are people who've left our church and feel like we hurt them. Now, I can promise you we did not do that intentionally. I can confidently tell you if that is the case and we knew about it, we probably try to make amends and get yeah. better for sure. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not denying any of those realities, but ask the overwhelming majority of the people who sacrifice time and energy mm. at our church and are paid nothing. And they will tell you that there's a level of connection with God and with other people, a level of community and fun and joy that joy. comes from doing, you know, I think about like Jono. Right. Oh my God. I always make fun of Jono because this summer, if you guys don't know Jono, you do know Jono because he's everywhere. Uh, he, I, I make fun of Jono so much because in in a encouraging way, hopefully, because every time I see him, I'm like, oh, there you are again, because he was everywhere. Everywhere. He was everywhere. He was at everywhere. both kids ministry camps at South Hills and Saratoga. It's he unbelievable. Was, he was at his the energy high school could power a small city. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But you you talk to him. Now he does that in community. He's yes. always serving shoulder to shoulder with friends. Yes. Um, and it's very now John is unique, but it's very rare to see him serving without a big giant smile on his face, bouncing off the walls. And I'm not saying everybody needs to be like that. Joy looks different 
It's 100%. expressed differently for all of us. But I just I point him out because he's like the example, right? Yeah. That's why people that's why that's why we invite you to belong and to serve. Yeah. It's not because we need warm bodies. It's because I want other people to feel what he feels. Yeah. You know? Because I've felt it too. Me it's too. Like I've been right there. Me too. You know, and still am. Yeah. So, Me too. Me too. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, the final thing is you had this phrase. Uh, you shared with it you shared it with our staff. And it was kind of something that kind of came to you. And I'm not going to say it's like a like a word from God, but it kind of felt a little bit like that. And it was a phrase, all in, here to stay. Yeah. So talk talk to me a little bit as we as we kind of leave the first week of this, all in, here to stay. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? What, what what doesn't that mean? And what, what, what do you think that, because I was super resonated with that. Yeah. Because I felt like it's a call to commitment to here and now, no matter, I don't know what the future is going to hold, yeah. but right now. Yeah. I, I I can be all in, you know. So what what do you think that that stirred up, and what does it stir up in you when you hear that phrase? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a phrase that that sort of developed over many conversations with elders and our leadership team, and lots of prayer. Um, you know, not many people know this, but our entire staff has spent since February praying and fasting. Every staff person picking one meal a week, praying and fasting for the last six months, you know, and that season kind of comes to an end at the end of August. So my prayer has been, Lord, as we go through that season, I, you know, in your goodness and grace, would you just give us as a team um, a phrase or a word or, or an idea that can be the sort of, you know, buoy for us right. this coming year? And yeah, the phrase that came to mind was all in here to stay. And it's really just an invitation, you know, that, if, if you believe in the mission of this church and this church community, could you be all in with us? Not halfway in, not sort of peripherally in, not just on the margin, sort of enjoying our Christian content or whatever, you know, but be all in. And what does that look like for you? Sensitive to your stage of life. You know, my wife has two young kids, works full time. Right. So all in for her does not mean you know, serving on a serve team 40 hours a week. Right. What, can't. It, what can't. it does mean, though, for her is leading our life group, you know, helping Finney Abraham, our local compassion pastor, with some projects he's working on. She has I mean, those mommy play dates. Yeah, she does yeah. once a month, yeah. um, young family. So it's a lot, but it's because and everyone listening is going to be like, well, she's your wife, you know, but... But I just use her as an example. Like, that's what it looks like to be all in. Right. She's she's a mom, right. full-time working mom with two young kids and a pastor for a husband. And she's really, she's all in, you know? And she's operating like she's here to stay. And we don't know what God's going to do. I hope we're here for a long time. But God might no way to know. meet us in a dream tonight and sure. be like, Jay, move to Boise. Ohio. Go to Boise. Boise. Go to Boise with Darlene, with Darlene and, <laughs> and fish all the time. Yeah, God so, could say that. It's, so, and if he does, you have to obey, Jay. But our commitment is that today we're right here. here. Yep. So because we're here, we're going to operate, live, serve like we're here to stay. I love that. You know? Yep. Not, not, so, I love that. Yeah, that's our invitation. It's been our invitation to our staff. It's something we're going to talk about actually at our vision and prayer night on September 26th. Oh, when, so if you're listening, September 26th, I think it starts at 7. Yep, 7 p.m. And it'll be all church, all, all church, campuses. Yeah. And we're, so did I, I, did I let the cat out of the bag with the vision or are you – no, it's awesome. Okay, good. Yeah. We're going to we wanted to we wanted what? to sort of so leak out I, everywhere. I've yeah. been thinking about it a lot. I think it's it's a great phrase and I think it's a it's a good invitation for this season as we launch into fall. People tend to 
evaluate their schedules, their lives, all in here to stay. What might that look like? I love that question. It's an invitation. Yeah. Like, think about this. Yeah. Pray about this. Really take some time to intentionally figure out, hey, listen, the way to life, the life we want is not comfortable community, but committed Christian community. Yeah. Yeah. The way is not to just achieve and accumulate, but to receive and give from God into others. And then it's not just to use my leisure however I want, but to be intentional, be thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son said to me the other day, he said, um, I don't know how much time I have for these Bible studies, Dad. And I'm like, I've seen your screen time, son, on Sunday. <laughs> I know yeah. how much time you spend on TikTok. Yeah. I think if anything, the screen captures on Sunday morning are going to be proof that uh, a lack of time was not the reason for your vibrant right. prayer life. <laughs> and as I'm saying it, yeah. I'm like, hey, Dave, you too. You yeah, know, yeah. The whole yeah. point. And out of all of this, um, that's the way to, so all in. Yeah. So that's, and I think it's going to lead to greater joy and growth. Yes. It's the life we want. And that's, and not just growth. You said it's not just growth, it's transformation. Yeah. Which is. Yeah. Becoming um, a new person. Yeah, which I kind of put together, but really it's it's more metaphor, metamorphosis. Yeah, yeah. Literally yeah. the shifting of my heart to become more, less like me, more like Jesus. Yeah. He must increase, I must decrease. Well, yeah. Jay, thanks for that. And we're going to get into this in the next couple of weeks. We're going to get into the three loves, love God, yeah. love your neighbor, love one another, because those are all deserving of a week. And then we're yep. going to launch it. Lots of exciting stuff coming up this fall. Yeah. So again, if you haven't jumped into a life group, please check those out. There's yes. there's open life groups. If you want to try that, that kind of committed community. Yeah. There's also tons of serve opportunities. We're going to be highlighting those this week, next week um, at both South Hills and the Saratoga campus. Yep. So tons of opportunities. And, all sorts of ways that um, you can grow in your relationship with God. So. Yeah, love All it. All right, thanks, Jay. Thank you. All right, talk to you soon. Just want to say thanks to Jay Kim for stopping by. Join us next week as we start diving into the three loves. Love God, love one another, love your neighbor. And we're going to be taking each one of those and kind of doing a deep dive in each of that. Next week, we talk about love and what it means to love and what it means to love God. So the first question is, who's God? And the next question is, what is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Baby, don't hurt me no more. We'll see you next week.